this working? This is working. Okay, we're good. Hello. Good evening. I'm, uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I was just thinking as the phone rang, it's the internet rang, how, um, normally I try to prepare a little bit. I didn't prepare at all today. I realized as it was ringing that I had peed. Other than that, very little rep. Well, I I just peed okay. probably as you were calling me. So I feel like at least, I mean, we've prepared as much as need be. Sure. I, I could have gotten a glass of water or thought about something to say. You know, but then again, that would d- decrease the spontaneity and also, um, the, well, I guess it would have increased the moisture level, um, of the podcast, decrease well, the drinking sounds my- <laughs> that I'll pick up <laughs> with the microphone. Can't computers fix that for us? Uh, my, uh, I mean, yeah, I got a noise gate on here. Okay. Well, that works. Mm-hmm. My kitty cat Freya is watching the sound waveform generate on my reaper audio program with intense interest my kitty cat-esque three-year-old daughter does a similar thing actually (laughs) uh i've got a i've got a daughter i've got a kid story i guess um if you would like or i mean i'm i don't know why i'm checking first yeah uh so felix uh um when she was uh, a year and a half ago, maybe she, um, we had a minor, uh, hospital, uh, visit for like a, a cyst, like a little like benign and harmless, but ultimately one of those things you want to get taken care of. And Archer and I, uh, went and found her a stuffed cat. Uh, just, I don't know. We were really bored cause there were, you know, hours of doing nothing in a hospital. Um, that's how they get you anyway with the gift shop. Um, hospitals are a big scam (laughs) just a scam they're just there to take your money in the gift shop it's all just a big Mm -hmm. gift shop setup the whole getting you well thing that's just to get you into the gift shop i know they're selling eight dollar beers and you're like what Uh, this gift shop did not have beer (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i've been to a hospital with beer so yeah there's a niche that we could fill uh, true um also maybe like a hot dog stand but anyway uh the and then maybe we also have a clinic at a baseball game just I'm, there I'm just, you go just throwing, because throwing ideas people get sick all the time uh-huh. and sports fans are the least likely to go to the doctor unless they're already at the sporting event yeah free uh exam during the seventh inning stretch it brings a whole new meaning to the okay, so anyway, we're <laughs> we're um we're in the gift Abort. shop, and I uh, got um I bought her just you know I with my son we she, he didn't get uh, we we gave him like we had a, a, tr- a sort of like a presentation of my childhood bear to him as like this is Bill the bear he's almost as old as Daddy is like look this is he was really special to me and Archer was like all right. <laughs> Like in, not interested in that. Not interested for a second. He was interested in a stuffed tiger. My sister got him because he looked like Hobbs. It was presented as Hobbs, um, but he and Hobbs had a falling out after like a month. But my daughter. So we're uncharted territory. I was like, we're just going to get her something. We got her this black stuffed cat. That black stuffed cat became Felix's uh, like best bud in the world. The cat's name was Kelly Kitty Kitty. And and uh, you can see maybe that this story is not going to take a good turn because I'm speaking of Kelly Kitty Kitty in the past tense. Yeah, I'm a little stressed out right now. <laughs> um, we actually don't know what happened. Kelly Kitty Kitty came with us on vacation uh, to my family's, and um, well, there's a little bit of a like a like a sort of I don't want to say murder mystery, but there there may have been foul play involved <laughs> oh. because we're missing a number of. Not a number, but we are missing more a non-zero amount of core child entertainment things. Like Archer can't find his electronic Yahtzee that he got for Christmas. Uh, I, I'm now that I think about it, we may R two D two Bop it may not have made it <laughs> either. Um, All right, Cam, I'm, I'm, I'm a little accu- off the, you're, if you're going to yeah, accuse somebody, I'm, allegedly, 
Okay. Allegedly. The, the, the factors, unexplained factors uh, are, at, in, are sort of in play here, um, but that's not the point of the story. Um, the point of the story is, I thought, you know, we get back, she's very sad, Kelly Kitty Kitty is not here. Kelly Kitty Kitty has a friend from Ikea named Coney that's really sort of a pretty serious Luigi to Kelly Kitty Kitty's Mario. If you know what I mean, like the, oh yeah, the, Coney's all right, not as good. No, Coney is the the um the George Costanza to Kelly's, you know, Jerry or whatever. Like the, Coney's not holding down a spinoff, <laughs> you know. Uh, so <clears throat> I finally got. I couldn't take it anymore. We, we couldn't find it, so I ordered. I tracked down this exact cat and ordered uh one of them, and they got in the mail, and we've videoed. Felix opening the box and she pulls out this literally identical cat and says, that's not Kelly. Kitty Kitty." <laughs> yep. Yeah. And she, she said the eyes were different, which she might be right. They might be green and the well, other cats was probably blue or something. different. Uh, it's probably different from what her last memory of Kelly kitty kitty was because right. those, those animals sort of get roughed up. Yes. This was the problem is I was like, well, maybe Kelly kitty kitty, Got a bath, and she, because she said that there were no crumbs in her fur, I don't think she means crumbs. I think she means like there might have been like something yeah, like, stuck in there. So little flaws. Like Kelly Kitty Kitty had definitely been carried many places. Um, I'm not my children are not filthy toys, but there's some wear, natural sort of natural pa- wear. Yeah, you should have treated it like a pair of Levi jeans where you, you distress. Kelly Kitty Kitty ahead of time. <laughs> Just outside stomping a, uh, a stuffed cat into the sidewalk. And Felix comes across you just like curb stomping <laughs> Kelly Kitty Kitty. She's like, Daddy! <laughs> um, I, I mean, if I, had been st- uh, if I had gone out in the middle of the night, now that's going to be maybe even more ominous uh, in the general sense, uh, as opposed to stomping a stuffed cat on the curb, stomping a stuffed cat in broad daylight. But it's sort of a risk reward thing. The chances of someone coming across me are lower. And also the chances of me being able to intimidate them away from asking any questions are going to be higher. Um, I would not ask someone a question if they were beating up a stuffed cat outside. um, I mean, uh, and we live on a not super busy, but like the, um, sort of a, a a a intersection of two roads that are the way to get a lot of places in Chicago, uh, and so we get like the fire trucks and stuff going by. And uh, the other night at uh, we'll say two fifteen in the morning, I was up being irresponsible and playing uh, video games, and there was a man who was hollering, sort of like a whale, sort of like a. Kind of like that. Um, walking down That's the street. So sad. Um, no, it was not. It, hmm, I guess I You're put. Saying, there was a little okay. too much pathos, pathos in my whale. It was more of a. I more maybe, of a mentally ill. Yeah, of. mentally ill, or like yeah. maybe I took the wrong mushrooms, or you know, there's a number of things. It was not the whale of someone who like is trying to find someone because they're they, they saw a horrible accident or something. It was, this was a whale of a man whom I would not be able to go outside and help. Um, <laughs> where was I? Oh, no. he. W- so anyway, yeah, I mean, I go out there and punch a stuffed cat, and that's like child's play. Um, but uh, Kelly, uh, so the, she's she's very... I'll sing you the video later, because she's... You could see her, sort of the gears turning. She's she's immediately knows it's not Kelly, but she also gets it. She's like... I understand what's happening here. I'm not going to see Kelly again, am I? That's not what she's saying, but that's what she's thinking. And she's like, in this new Kelly-free world, this is also a stuffed cat that is soft. And uh, and so she sort of like politely said it would be all right. And then she told us that the new cat's name was just a black cat. The new cat, the cat does not have a, a, a Christian name um, and is heretofore black cat. And also she has informed us that Black Cat and Coney do not like one another. Um, Who's Coney? Coney's the, 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 the sidekick cat. Oh, okay. Coney's, Coney's a lower tier of cat. Coney was a Ford 99 Ikea, like, impulse Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was no, tracking. it's fine. It's a uh, cast of characters. Yeah, so, 
That's really, I think that shows a good complexity to her emotional handling already. You know, it's right. like when a loved one passes on, you can't replace them. And so while it's sad that she has yet to get over Kelly Kitty Kitty, which is why she's named that other cat Black Cat um, <laughs> in an attempt to say quite loudly, you can never be Kelly Kitty Kitty, don't even try. Exactly. Uh, you know, one day she'll find another Kelly Kitty Kitty and maybe I, call it by a different actual name. I'm wondering if one day she'll tell us that she's decided to change. I wonder if there's some like point at which Black Cat passes some sort of, you know, uh, some sort of threshold of trust and earns, gets a, earns name. a name, a naming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's very traditional in a lot of cultures. You know, if it survives two years, it gets a name. Yeah, I even, I mean, again, I have even more respect for that. Is uh, out of our children's non-licensed stuffed animals, almost none of them have a name. Um, they're just sort of like, like I have a bear that I got from Germany at some point when I went to Germany, and it's just got a, like a German flag ribbon on it, and it's just Germany bear. It doesn't have a name, really. <laughs> it's more of an identifier. Um, uh, what, what? Oh, so last night, the reason this is on my mind is other than, you know, this whole ordeal sort of being fresh in my list of not necessarily failures or successes as a father, but, um, I definitely pushed the plot forward in a way. Um, so I got that going for me. Um, I went in and, uh, you know, in her usual three thirty, crying for us and, uh, she was sad and Coney was on the floor and she, I said, you know, what's wrong? And she said, no, Coney's on the floor. And, the, you know, the floor is a foot away, but I get it. It's night. If I was, if I had the opportunity when I was a child and to, you know, make someone else pick my toy up off the floor, I'd do it. Um, so I'm sitting, I'm having my little, like, one of those parenting moments that you have where you're like, all right, I'm tired. But one day, you know, the the day, this is a season. And one day the season will pass and nobody will ever need me to get their stuffed bear off the floor again. Correct. Right. So I'm I'm having this sort of like moment with myself emotionally, and Felix goes, "I think Black Cat pushed Coney out of the bed." <laughs> <laughs> I don't get. I don't have a good feeling about Black Cat getting the naming um, <laughs> honorific. You, you think that the Black Cat might have to deal have some other things to deal with it was sort of like yeah, maybe remember black, black cat yeah. is now an emotional proxy for all of her abandonment feelings oh no yeah you might be right well i'll have to i'll have to keep an eye on what other things one other sort of uh accidents or you know incidents get a, <laughs> yeah, get attributed to black cat yeah it's actually um, going to be a really helpful uh therapy tool almost that you're going to be able to let her express all of these things through her treatment or mistreatment as it probably will be a black cat. All right. Okay. Don't well, tell her. She'll all right. I've locked that one in. I'm going to, let's see. I should have written down <laughs> curb stomping cats earlier. They're not real cats. Everyone relax. <laughs> like, no, if you're just joining us, which would be really weird because it's a podcast <laughs> and you can just start at the beginning. It's not <laughs> yeah, a live podcast. Yeah, just go oh, ahead. It's it's stuffed cats. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is, this is uh, with that. I will um, fail to trans trans uh, transition out transition. of it appropriately. Yeah. See, this is why I don't write during the podcast. I can't write and talk at the same time. Cameron, we have two people. Episode two, uh, season two, episode two. Uh, mm. Let's see if we get to fifty-two episodes this year. I figure like that. The end of the year, we have sort of an indicator of how many weeks we uh, failed. <laughs> Based on, I prefer not to call it failure. Many, I prefer to call it um, <sighs> curation. Many, okay, <laughs> okay, curation of our time, I guess. <laughs> yes, of our time and, and mental capacity. Look, you know, we're just maybe we just don't have it in us to create this kind of brilliant content every week. I don't know. I guess we'll we'll uh, yeah. I mean, it's a how many weeks we needed to take a what's a sabbatical. Yeah, you ever wanted? I've Do never taken research. a sabbatical. You ever taken a sabbatical? 
I don't even have a choice to take a sabbatical, so no, I haven't taken. You're to, you're taking a sabbatical from uh, financial hey, sabbatical. Yeah, I'm taking a financial <laughs> sabbatical, which is actually I think a sabbatical is supposed to recharge you. This is just stressful, so I don't recommend financial sabbaticals. I'm actually going to look up the word sabbatical because I'm wondering what is the difference between a sabbatical and like a a vacation other than well, a sabbatical I, is something uh, that you do when you're like rich. I just talked to my professor friend about okay. a sabbatical last week. Oh, so you actually. have actual information instead of me just Googling. All right, hit me. Well, I, <laughs> I didn't get a firm definition, but the impression I get is that you have time off and you have to come back and list out what you did during your sabbatical. And it needs to have something to do with, building yourself as a whatever your professorship is. So I'm under the impression that you get paid some amount. Maybe it's not as much as you would if you're teaching a bunch of classes, but you get paid to take a break from teaching. Okay, so it is it is not a, you know, other than it being a um, casual term for a, a vacation. Right. So it's the it's way an actual thing. Professorships work is, I mean, you generally are always having to do some kind of research. Okay. And so when you're on your sabbatical, you don't necessarily have to do research, but a lot of times I'm told it's one of your main opportunities to have time to do, to to put it put into writing your books or doing your research or whatever, so. Huh. Yeah. So so when I say it, I'm not only not taking one, I'm utterly unqualified and not even like in the right career path to even like have the option. Yeah, I don't think we get sabbaticals. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You know what? It, the whole like having to report back thing kind of defeats the purpose of a vacation for me. I don't like <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, want we, I have to spin self-assessments all the time. I, I can make anything sound like I was doing work. Uh, that reminds me of filling out my first uh, resume where I uh, you'd put things like lawn care specialist because you would like mer- mow the neighbor's <laughs> lawns. I think I got that one from you, actually, lawn care specialist. It was definitely uh, a landscape engineer. That's <laughs> uh, not bad. Jeez. No, you can only do that if you like uh, spread mulch, I think. Um, the concept of this battle was based on the biblical practice of Schmitta, which is related to agriculture. According to Leviticus... Man, we really we got to be real careful what we pick out of Leviticus and turn into like universal concepts. But the Jews in the land of Israel must take a year long break from working in the fields every seven years. Um, it's come to mean an extended absence in the career of an individual to fulfill some goal, um, usually with institutional employment, like a university or a science man. Hmm. A science man. That's what it says here. Science. Well, man. I'm glad you brought up Leviticus because <laughs> I felt like we were. Avoiding that topic for long enough, and I had a lot to say about it. Uh, all right, well, for, I don't the have floor is yours. Say. I've, I've, had, I've come to an end. The name of the book is Leviticus. Yeah, um, I don't have anything. Something, I guess, something about it. Uh, I once had a conversation. Uh, oh man, I don't want to deal with Leviticus. One time, I had do it. A, a frustrating conversation with some relatives when I was in college about tattoos and their position against tattoos and then i one day i looked and saw that it was like literally right around the corner from the uh not mi- mixing fabrics in your clothing rule so uh do you use mixed fabric clothing? <laughs> uh, we need to talk <laughs> so um no let's go back to uh to relicking st- uh, stuffed animals <laughs> Uh, uh, my kid, my youngest child has a plethora of stuffed cats. He originally had cat cat, all right, which he adored, and he lost sort of. Uh, we couldn't find it for a long time, so I'd qualify that as being lost. So we got him a replacement that was of good quality, but clearly not cat cat. It was an orange striped cat that just. You can't get the same one anymore. It wasn't even as good as your attempt. Okay. But we didn't play it like that. Sure. And, and he accepted it. He, they, it was named Goldie for some reason. Okay. Uh, before that, we had gotten him a black cat, which is named Shadow Cat. And, and he was not Cat Cat, but he was welcomed. And, you know, at this point, Cat Cat had yet to vanish. But it, I don't think we ever gave up hope that Cat Cat was around. 
So we hadn't had like a talk about it. And then one day, maybe a couple weeks ago, behind the, in the back of a closet in a bag, there was Cat Cat. And man, did he look ratty. I had no idea until I saw him compared to the other cats. And now we also have a white stuffed cat. So, yes, count that four stuffed cats. The white cat is Ghost. So oh, That's pretty good. Know, pretty good names. Ghost, Shadow Cat, Goldie, <laughs> and Cat Cat. I have a couple of uh, sort of equally sort of uh, hard on the old heart um, c- comments about that. No, that 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 brings to mind. One is that Felix, uh, I think well, yesterday as she was going to bed, she said, Daddy, I have five cats. And now I'm thinking through it, and I think she might still be counting Kelly as one of those five. I'm like tabulating the cats <laughs> around the house, so I'm not sure, and I'm not going to ask her. Um, the second thing that's also sort of a, a downer is that she got a um, she got a cat for Christmas. It was a white cat, which uh, it was a little like a pink bow on it, and she really likes this little cat. But it's a it's like a mechanical, like you press the tummy and it and it makes mm-hmm. a horrifying, right. very unconvincing meow, like a really harsh meow sound, and then it walks. It goes, <laughs> it goes. It you hear you know it's like a tickle me Elmo. You hear all the servos firing yeah. off. It's like meow meow meow. Yeah. Meow. Meow. And uh but it was cool. She'd never had a, a cat that like walked around. She was really charmed. And then yesterday, more I think right before I was going to work, she goes, Daddy, she's not walking. <laughs> so now she's had to deal with the loss of a uh, of a loved one and the crippling of a loved one. Yeah, that's the horrible thing is the cat's not like running out of batteries. <laughs> it's fresh. It, this cat's fresh off of Christmas. The, ser- gotta- the servos are going, but something inside of, of this cat, whom I'm not sure has a name, <laughs> has disengaged. Um, so it goes, mew, mew, and then the servos go, eh, 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 and the cat does not move <laughs> like at all. Now you're going to have to talk to her about the uh, at what point does uh, a creature's uh, usefulness it sort of exceed its happiness, and and when do we, you know, basically the old euthanasia con- conversation, which oh the old you know, we all have with you know once they're about four or five, it just comes up. See, I feel like that that would require me to get sort of the. I mean, euthanasia is usually at the discretion of the the individual, right? So then we have to figure. Well, out, I'm going to have to learn how to throw my voice. Guardian. Oh, I'm the cat's guardian. Okay. Um, I'm gonna have to forge some paperwork then. Um, <laughs> you, who's the who's is the cat's guardian in this case? I, I mean, I was, you would assume it was Felix, but I'm not sure she would make the right decision here. She's sort no, of emotionally she's compromised. Too emotionally compromised, definitely. Yeah. You can't do that. The right. cat needs a living will. Shouldn't um, shouldn't buy easily breakable <laughs> moving part uh, things that also could potentially have a deep emotional connection for your for your small child. That's the lesson here. Yeah, we learn. What I'm really concerned about is, after all this, one day you come in to a room and there's Black Cat on the floor and then Kelly Kitty Kitty cuddled up next to her. And you're like, where did that come from? And she's just like, I woke up and she was here last night. Oh. Then you have to talk to her about like Pet cemetery or something. That's the... You know, I would worry about that more if I had done the the relicking out in the on the street corner with the, you know, I think that like despite the fact that we haven't even touched it, but I think that there's a potential really solid business opportunity involved in like sort of uh replacing well-loved pets with uh with equally worn replacements. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. somebody comes and you're like a you're a pet uh I don't know, it's not it's like whatever the opposite of a bounty hunter is. You're there to Come up with forger? a, a for, You're a toy forger, um, forager or forger. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. There's there's certain uh, that's definitely a uh, business opportunity. Um, people will, you know, people p- potentially will. Uh, they do clone pets now. Oh, okay. Well, this is like a toy. Clon- I guess you're a toy cloner. Anyway, point being, if you're out there stomping a cat on the sidewalk, a soft cat. And then you're just asking for some sort of a toy-based pet cemetery situation. <laughs> um, that's where I was going with that. I went around uh, the that's long okay. way. Yeah. Well, you can avoid that now. This is what we do. 
we think through things, mm-hmm. and then we make the absolute best decisions. You can't make the the decision unless you've you've turned you've turned it around in your hands and seen it from all possible sides. Is that on a poster at work? Um, <laughs> I I can probably work that out. Um, most of our <laughs> posters at work are of um, quotes from from rock and roll songs because we're a cool company. Ooh, you guys are super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I I. I believe I would say that they're like motivating, but they're not. They're just like quotes from songs. Like, hey, here's a quote from a song. Like, um, I, I believe we had a Kanye one that got replaced with a different one recently. <laughs> you know? Kanye didn't make the cut. Uh, Kanye sort of not made the cut in a lot of areas recently. Um, he's on the outs. He is. Uh, he's he's a very he's a, he's a crazy man. Um, well, so I will say people. that like. Um, the chances of us uncovering Kelly Kitty Kitty in some uh, corner of our apartment are low to nil because we have been we are on week uh, finishing up week two of a eight week apartment uh, refresh program. I saw a picture of your kitchen in well, it wasn't in shambles. It was just um. Turned inside out? Yes, I would say that that would be a good way to put it. Sorry, you paused for so long I thought you had fallen asleep. I know a apartment refresh is just titillating podcast. I was being attacked by my cat, oh, honestly. Okay, well, I she mean, probably heard what we were talking about. she's playing, yeah. but it is effectively tiny needle blades clawing all over me. Well, she's got to, you got to train her up to, um, to be a, a tiny killer. I don't think you have to train cats to be killers. You just gotta keep they her on the game. They be then. killers. Yeah, yeah. you got to keep her skills up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, yes. So sorry. The the kitchen was inside out. Um, we had taken this was week two. Week one was like clean all and mop all of your floors, which sounds trivial until you just really take it seriously and say like I'm really going to actually clean and mop all my floors. Um resulted in and and then you start something called an outbox um and the outbox is an area where you put things that you uh could could part with it's not things to donate or throw away or even get rid of it all but it's stuff that you don't actually need i guess there's like you know does it bring you joy kind of thing um so i'm looking over at the side of my bed and there's about an eight by two foot area that's just packed full of junk Wait, do you just go through it later? I mean, yeah, you go. Okay. You let it sit there a week to emotionally disconnect from it as a possession. So you don't go. You know what? You know what really normally happens is you go through a closet and you're like, "Oh, this is my my trophy from when I was 11. Or like, here, that's maybe I'll need. Yeah. This. So let me ask you yeah. this: If you had one thing that wasn't a a human that was like your Kelly Kitty Kitty, what do you um, think it would be? Where if I had a wait if if I or do I no just like, like yeah I meant it in the sense that what what is it if you would compare those things to something you own hmm I would I have a very nice uh I'll tell you what I just got a pair of uh, since they're fuzzy I I just got a pair of slippers for Christmas Ooh. and these aren't these aren't like uh when when I was growing up my dad had a pair of um or he still has them they're like lamb's wool slippers. And the bottom of them is not rubber. It's like a just lamb's wool or lamb hide, I guess. But they're not like moccasins. They have no back to them. So you slide your feet into them. They're very fuzzy. And then the bottom is not like rubber. Um, it's dead lamb skin. Yeah, it's just, it's your, yeah, it's, it's, uh, um, it's hard to find. Because you go to like Land's End or you know, whatever, the you know, get your slippers. And all of all of those slippers are... Um, too much like a shoe. I just want mm-hmm. a slipper. You know, I don't want. I don't so, want to take out the trash in them. Anyway, I got them for Christmas for my parents. They found some website that like hand makes them and bought them for me. Ooh, yeah. wait, the same kind. Yeah, they found like okay. the modern equivalent of my dad's uh, slippers that I remember. Okay, so that's them. a little meta. You know, that's cool. like you're getting them, like your original idea of replacement. But mm-hmm. I also feel like. You're comparing it because it's a similar type of item. Sure. Are you really already more attached to those than any other possession you own? Uh, Emotionally? 
Man, you're, you're demanding here. Um, here I'll send you a picture of my slippers because they're very fuzzy. There we go. Send. Um, I, I mean, my my. I'm trying to think of things that are like singular, right? Which is, I guess, incorrect because not that this is factoring into Felix's decision making, but there's a zillion. You know, Kelly Kitty Kitty's a product line item. She's by Ty, the you know the company. Um, right. So, like, I when I think of things that I would be attached to, it's for practical reasons something that would be irreplaceable. Ooh, um, those are beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, they're very I mean, nice. They're beautiful in a way that, like, they look good, but they feel beautiful to experience. Well, that's that's uh, very nice of you. I want your shoes on my feet, Cam. <laughs> All right. And that's all the time we have. Good, good. Um, I guess I have a, so I have, my sister made me a coffee mug when she was in college and that I still use. It's got like a, the handle curves up into a snake uh, on the side of okay, the coffee mug. Okay, now we're getting closer because the coffee mug, and I think this is a good example, is that things that you use a lot, that if you use one thing for a common task, but you always use that thing, no matter how trivial the object you build meaning into it. And I, I 100% believe this. I mean, I think in a lot of ways... You imbue it. That's why certain friends you have or even, you know, spouses are become as important as they are. It's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah. You connect yourself through experiences constantly, and they are meaningful. Like... A, you know, a spatula that just happened to be sturdy enough to last you eight years. And you're like, this is connected to everything I've ever cooked. And cooking is a huge part of my life and is connected to a bunch of important events. And you're like, this spatula has too much emotional power over me. Right. Or or it's, you know, you've invested emotion in it or it means something to you. So that's so that's the th- sort of a uh, that hits on a couple of things that I've been sort of working through with this is um the you do you're put stuffing in you're putting you're not like trying to rip apart your you're not trying to this isn't the uh i guess there's a new thing on netflix that everyone is talking about and that's not what i mean the the woman who's like you know rip, take everything out of the room and oh, put a yeah, single yeah, yeah. stone in the middle or whatever like that's not uh what we're doing here this is not like a uh a disconnect from all things this is a go through a room and when like demand of an item if it like is actually if you're using it like if it matters to you really like if you would miss it or if you would just miss it the next time you thought about it you know and like you're giving yourself one week so things go in the outbox for a week uh and then you re-examine it and you say do i you know do i still feel the same way about this random item um and like we've even before, like as a sort of an intro to this thing like i i did read it our bookshelf and our we have probably I don't know, it's two wide and one narrow Ikea things full of books. And it was like packed. Like we had too many books. They were stacked on top and behind one another. We were going too deep on this bookshelf. Sounds like you need more bookshelves. Well, yeah, see, this is the opposite. <laughs> this is, I looked at it and I, I took a hard look at it. And because I, what I have to fight is my instinct, which is like Tetrising. Like it's, in, mm-hmm. in, I enjoy a, Tetris closet or like a, a very efficient use of space. But the problem is that's, that's a very good skill to have when you're like packing the trunk for a road trip. It's a very bad skill to have when it comes to like making a room. You have an like, apartment. Or, yeah, yeah. Feel like a place you can relax in. So I, I don't know. I went through and we picked a books that we didn't really care about keeping and like uh, trimmed probably 40% of our books and wow. just put them into our storage unit. Uh, I mean, all of this is pretty standard clearing stuff out talk, I guess, right? But like the the things that have actually like stuck out to me as doing this when I'm doing this is, or is um when she's at telling you to do this, she tells you, especially with your kitchen, like get rid of anything that's chipped or broken. Oh just, yeah, just say like I don't. It's chipped. Wait, what book did you read? This is apartment therapy. Sorry, I should have read that. And I, I also think it's written by a man who. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I keep saying she. I think it's incorrect. Anyway, um, I have a friend who helped us do something like this. And our house is not anywhere close to the ideal, but it's vastly better than it was. And it's it's exactly like this: getting rid of the stress of like over attachment to things by moving them to a 
later pile. So like you don't stop in the middle of cleaning for everything that you're like, ooh, what about this? And then throwing all that crap away. Like that's where I ran into the spatula problem. I'm like, I mean, it still works. I had this at my first apartment, you know, that kind of thing. Yep, the spatula problem. Uh, the spatula problem. So here's the thing about the um so the outbox, yes. The disconnecting from things, yes. The the first week, the the first thing she has you do, he I think I swear I've for some reason for years I've thought it was a woman who wrote the book. I think it's a man. First thing they have you do is uh take one thing that from your house and just put it by the curb. Um and just to start the Get process. Get the ball rolling. Right. And so I took my uh, pull-up bar that I had had, had like connecting uh, or in one doorway of this house and then had taken it down at one point and discovered that it had taken a bunch of the paint off. Um, I forget why I had to... Oh, I, t- I had to take it down so I could Tetris in a shelf into that closet that wouldn't fit with the pull-up bar up. Uh, I just put it by the curb. And like I didn't like try to Craigslist it. I didn't... Th- do I just if someone wants it they can have it otherwise the trash men took it away and now it's gone and Shannon did it with like most of our laundry baskets we went down from like five laundry baskets to like two or something but the thing about it and the thing with the and I want to know what you did about the spatula because the book is not about replacing things with better things and I think that's a really interesting distinction uh the book is about at least at this point in the book it is about clearing away things that you don't need not about uh saying like oh i you know what i need a better spatula because i feel like that's the trap that people fall into when they start to like redo a kitchen or clear out their apartment is they end up either they end up doing one or two things one they replace things instead of getting rid of them um or in two they buy storage (laughs) like they buy new uh, they go to the container store and by new, right. You know. Well, I think for us, it was very clear that uh, we weren't on like a borderline issue. Yeah. We would have we we what what would happen is we would pull out, you know, fifteen spatulas, and once you pulled it all out, it was sort of embarrassingly obvious. Like I didn't, I knew I had more than I needed, but I didn't realize seeing them all at once. Like this is ridiculous. Then a bunch of them were broken. <laughs> Or at least broken enough that I don't need to be keeping them when I had other ones at work. Some of those I was attached to, but like, okay, then you toss them. And then you have more than you need. And then you get, usually you end up getting to keep, you know, a couple things that you really did want anyways. And then you feel good about it. But I mean, we were like pretty overloaded. It was not like, I'm not going to have a spoon if I get rid of this spoon. That's the crazy thing for me doing this now is we did a much less guided, more sort of brute force version of this when we up and moved to Chicago. Cause we had, you know, we were in like a three bedroom house with an attic. I took a solid two um, minivans with the seats taken out full of stuff to donate uh, to the donate to little, little to donate. And, um, I couldn't, I could tell you one thing that was in there now. And it was a, like a broken guitar amp that I bought when I was in high school. And, but like, it just felt grotesque, like taking just this car full of stuff twice, um, of stuff, you know, I don't, I don't remember what it, most of that stuff was. And then, so I felt like we minimized when we came here and then now we're here and I have a full storage unit of like actual storage stuff. Um, although there's probably stuff in there that could use this treatment. And then I could still get like, you know, 12 square feet worth of garbage, not garbage, but outbox candidates <laughs> after all. At of some that. point you, you have that thought and I'm, I don't know if you've had it yet where you think, you know, if like there was an apartment fire, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I'm not, I haven't gotten... Like, no, not like you want to burn it down. What I mean is you right. think if everything vanished and it wasn't my decision, so I didn't have to have any emotional like regret, I, I, I would be happier than I would be sad. When you're, at some point when you're dealing with this, you have that feeling like yeah. these, thing, these things are making me emotionally 
uh, compromised somehow. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few different angles on that. Like one is, you know, if if tomorrow the storage unit with all of that crap in it burned down, like, uh, you know, I I don't know. I have a Super Nintendo and a bunch of games. I have like all my paperwork from when I was a kid. You know, it's memories. It's not. There's nothing in there that's like necessary for my existence. I don't have like the secret codes to anything, right? It's just stuff. Um, but at the same time, some of that is good. Like you can't, you, I think you'd be fooling yourself to say that like you, it's good to liberate from every single thing. No, I, I agree. Um, I think what the, the feeling is more that you realize how much more it's tying you down than it is doing you good when you first start digging into it. Right. Like I think you're fully capable of recognizing that and changing that in your mind without having to burn down your shed. <laughs> but like you realize that when you imagine it happening and you're like, "Oh, whoa, I'm way off on this. I need to adjust." Right. And though the the um I think we got to that point with honestly with some of our stuff when we were down in Florida like just trying to get rid of stuff in time to move. Like I just, Craigslisted our dining room table and chairs and stuff like there's stuff that I miss, but like I would not, I do not miss, or I would not have missed like a, wait, none of that works. It would have, it would have sucked to have moved with it. Like I didn't care about any of it enough to like box it up and fit it into the truck with all of our other stuff. Um, but I think that like the, the way that you, if you're following like a system and you're not just like going scorched earth, then you have a better chance of as as a part of the like disconnection process or the cleaning out stuff process, you are establishing good reasons for having cleaned it out, um, which I I hope will reduce the uh, tendency to replace, right? Because if like I I think like yeah, if my apartment burned down or whatever. Um, there, you know, it's not exactly starting from ground zero because this is what insurance is for. <laughs> Hopefully you, you know, if somebody like, I'm not, I'm not advocating or even asking for insurance fraud, but if someone were to like give me a check for X thousand dollars and say, I'm going to burn down your apartment here, would I say no? I would think about it. I'd give, I'd, I'd get back to him, you know? <laughs> so, but like at that point, that's not the same thing. That's not, that's, you're not, you're replacing like in a large sense, in a ridiculous, you know, scenario. Um, you're not liberating yourself from that stuff. You're just replacing that stuff with new stuff. Um, does that make sense? I think. Yeah, no, it does. It's the, um, it's the realization that you will assign meaning to new things. Like it's not, the things it feels like the things, but it's really it's it's in your head, ultimately, right? It's yeah. just that realization. Yeah. So you're still gonna be replacing it, but yeah, you just realize that you're not on that. You're not at the whims of your uh, environment as much as you think you are, and so you can chill out a little bit. I see what you mean. Yeah. So like when you are getting rid of things, the important thing is not that you're getting rid of it; is that you are like you are now less one. Thing, like emotionally it's not like you're gonna rep- you're, you're not gonna like take that slot that says 12 spatulas and go out and buy yourself a 12 spatula gift set because the real problem was that some of those spatulas were broken it's, right it's exactly. that you actually have like mental you're gonna say i used to have a mental 12 spatula slot in my in my in myself and i'm going to replace it with a two spatula slot whatever yeah or preferably Remove your spatula slots and just interact with them as needed. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, you can emotionally I mean, disconnect from all your spatulas, I guess. Well, yeah. yeah, just yeah, just realizing that you're not beholden to anything in your life. You just have different levels of convenience they provide you. Uh, I guess that applies to people too, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I'm looking here at all this stuff that, like, was on our, in this, like, picture of our inside-out kitchen. And, uh, some Y'all of had it, a lot of bowls. You know, that's because of Ike- Ikea. You buy the, um, the, the cube, the Ikea 365 cube of dishes. 
mm-hmm. and then you realize that you probably need two because they come in sets. It's like hot dogs. You, they come in sets of six instead oh, of like gotcha. eight. So then all of a sudden you buy two and now you have 12 and you only spent like $60, but you have five dozen dishes. <laughs> so I did throw out a bunch of those. You get really um, excited and start trying to explain it to somebody and then you get really confused and you're like, wait, how many did I buy? So many. Uh, man. Uh, we had, we had, um, we, we have an instant pot now, which I sort of resent because it, I feel like I, about it, like I do about the sous vide, like it feels very like irritating, trendy food thing. But, bougie. huh? Bougie? Bougie. Oh, I guess so, bougie. But it's, we have one, whatever. And like we had a rice maker, and I like the rice maker because it's little and cute and it, it bubbles over every time. And it's like, I, I would say that rice I like, makers sort are of personified the rice maker in a weird a way. Pretty. <laughs> Rice makers are a recommended single task item, I think, for people who cook. Well, here's the thing is, as much as I resent the Instant Pot and as much as it looks like a a T2000, it makes better rice than the rice maker. It just does. How quickly? Quick? Yeah. I mean, it has to pressure up and pressure down and cook, but like brown rice, it takes like 25 minutes maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Other than the pressure up, pressure down, I'm I'm a fan of the Instant Pot. Yeah, it's it's scary, but um, point being, the rice make, the rice cooker did not did not make the cut. Oh, um, yeah. Well, um, I've still got a little bubbly rice maker. So here's the the thing that so I that's my train of thought was like, um, I'm realizing that this is not about this is about throwing away broken things, but at no point does she say replace your broken things. She just says put like get rid of them, and. And I was thinking more about the ideas of like replacement versus like renewal being a thing where you reevaluate whether you need something at all, not whether you need a better one. Um, And then I was thinking about like what what this means in terms of like consumption, right? Like, so I'm I'm looking over here to my left at a huge pile of of shit. Um, A lot of it we moved here with and I have not touched it. Like there's a silver bowl that we might keep because it's like a family silver bowl, but it's literally just been sitting like in a closet for the past two and a half years. There's a olive oil dispenser, you know, the one that has the like valve at the top, but we Mm -hmm. never use because we go through olive oil too fast. So what will happen is we'll fill the olive oil thing, empty it, and then just sits around empty for like a month. Um, (laughs) You know, and like what, is it wasteful for me to have that on this side of the apartment or the other, or for me to have it at all, like for me to get rid of it? They're all kind of equally wasteful um, because I'm realizing that the wastefulness is not when you get rid of something. It's when you it's get when you something, buy it. Right. And so yeah, because the, then it's going to be gotten rid of. Right. The consumption consumption is uh, purchasing, so not this using. Is, this uh, makes it much clearer to you that you should you when you purchase things you're being more uh circumspect about whether or not you know it's a commitment now you realize the commitment you're making when you purchase like anything especially anything that you know is not easily disposed of or biodegradable right like i'm i'm this is, you know, this realization is this morning or whatever I was thinking about this. But um, in my in my sleep-addled post-Kelly uh, Coney domestic violence um, mind this morning, <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, the the us moving this stuff to there or like, I mean, it feels good to donate it, but it could also, it's you know, in the, you know, cosmic sense, I could do anything with this stuff and it doesn't really matter because the act is done right with the the act of consumption you think of or i think of as like using something like oh if if i just threw away all of these coffee if i threw away an unopened container of coffee filters on accident or whatever i'd be like oh i wasted those coffee filters but in terms of consumption i bought them either way and they're in the trash either way they're just in the trash in a different form and the like means of them getting to the trash is ultimately like meaningless, I guess. Does that make sense? I don't know. Consumption is on at purchase is I guess the thing that I realized. Ouch. Sorry. I was yeah. just stabbed. Um, it's cool. 
Yes. I mean, your coffee filter example is a little different just because, just because um, you would uh, have to immediately purchase more coffee filters, presumably, which <laughs> would increase the consumption rate. But your point is is true and taken, which is like, like with food, it's very obvious. You buy a bunch of food and you consume a certain amount of it over a week, which is its normal lifespan anyways – at which point you'll go buy more food. And if you buy twice as much as you need, you've already done it. doesn't matter if you eat it. doesn't matter if you throw it away because it's not, it doesn't have a lifespan out of that. You have to figure out how much you actually need. So you're just not, you know, buying more than you need. Mm -hmm. And that's like pretty much everywhere. Yeah. I guess with, with non like perishables, right? Like I've just like a, um, you know, all of this stuff in the corner isn't going to go bad. It could stay in my storage <laughs> unit forever. Like I could box all this stuff up, put it in the storage <laughs> unit, and that would have literally no effect on my uh, consumption because these. Honey, things, we were these... supposed to use the Tupperware by 2020. Did you get it? Oh, I left yeah. it in the closet. No, Dang it's just it. a big. It's a big liquidy it's pile a puddle of, of phthalates. Of <laughs> phthalates. Yeah, it's big. So gross. Ugh. Um, but like the, the consumption has already taken place, I guess is in like that. So yeah. I'm, I'm staring at a bunch of stuff that has been consumed. It's weird. It's weird to think about. It's trippy, man. Mm. Well, good luck, I guess. Thanks. That was my, that was my entire, that was what I was leading up to. That was my big revelation. You're right. <laughs> You, you're looking at a house full of pre-consumed goods. Mm-hmm. I'm basically living in it. My entire existence is f- chewed up food. It's already, it's already happened. <laughs> Future puddles of Tupperware and chewed up food. Mm. Uh, you're doing it, man. Yeah, and if, no, I'm. It's. I'm not trying. I'm trying to not go off like the deep end of it too. I'm just like I have a. I'm. I'm reaching out and I'm picking up my little uh, BB-8. My little uh, um, what's it called? Sphero. You know they made a mm-hmm. BB-8 a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, I yeah, know what you're talking about. This 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 shit remote is, control running around BB-8. Yep. Uh, the batteries inside this BB-8. This BB-8 is sealed closed. The batteries inside this thing died after about a year. It does not hold charge for more than a second or two. It like Bluetooth pairs and then it dies. Is, it is now electronic waste. Well, it was. Uh, I guess I got some joy out of it, right? I guess that's there's that part. But like, yeah, it's it's embarrassing. No, yeah, don't go off the deep end. It is not. There is no absolute evil or right and wrong in these actions. The very act of considering it, but uh, compared to not considering it. Changes your behavior perceptibly, and any change is better than no change because you're never going to find the perfect balance. And the opposite of consumption is doesn't exist and is also possibly worse in some ways somehow. So just attempting a balance is always going to be, I think, your most moral course of action, well, if not the one that will make you happiest. Yeah, ethical consumption and and under systems of of yeah, that's a whole other thing. I don't necessarily want to touch that. No, other- but we I this ties into the thing that recurs, which is the more you become aware and and a concerned person about being responsible, the more you realize you can drive yourself insane under every category of it because there's no most responsible person. So you, you got to pull yourself away from the edge, but also like still want to know where you can, you know, look for areas of improvement or whatever. Yeah. That's what I think. Like you're, you're, I, oh, I think an important part of the process is not to there, there, so there've been some, some parts of the apartment therapy thing that have been, um, a little bit, a little bit something like, uh, a, one of the tasks that you have in week two is to uh, run your hand around the wall of your entire apartment. So you just take some time, maybe, you know, light some candles, do whatever you need to do, and uh, get your hand up there, and then just run it around the wall and take a little trip around your whole apartment. Um, And I guess their point is to, like, uh, 
you know, you're, you want to feel like what areas are hot or cold or like, how does the airflow, what's the energy like in the room? Like understand this is like your existence. Like this is the place that you feed yourself and raise people and stuff. Do you have to name your house (laughs) or your space? Not so far, but we're only in week two. So I don't, I'll let you, I'll keep you posted on that. Um, But it's, there are a lot of things about like, that's not maybe a, the goofy example, but like there are things about it that are not about the apartment and they're not about your things. They're about changing how you think about things and how you think about like, um, well, maybe about how you think about your apartment again, not here to judge. I, well, I'm, uh, my imagination here is I'm going to say good luck and then I'm going to come up there in two months and be like, Hey, I had some time up here on travel. Uh, and you're like, come on by. I come in and you <laughs> <laughs> the house is just completely empty, and there's just a set of candles on the floor. And you're like, please remove your shoes and show respect to Jamie House House. Our children are in lotus position in the corner on, like, she- sheaves of uh, reeds. <laughs> reeds are consumptive. All right, and there, disruptive. There's a tiny rice patty in the corner. Yeah, you're both. You're all, you're all in single fabric woolen outfits. Right, inside house house. I welcome you in. I also welcome the house to you, or something like. There's a there's a the part of the greeting involving personifying the house that maybe you weren't expecting. I think we could do with more creepy traditions in modern society. It's, uh, you know, I, I won't say you're wrong until that well, the, the line is crossed too far in the other direction. Um, I mean, we're we're already. I mean, you're in the city. Uh, we weren't a uh, no shoes inside family growing up, unless your your shoes. Have Man, been in that the dirt. is so confusing to me. I'm uh, I'm totally willing to ditch my shoes at someone's house, no problem. In fact, I think it may be my preferred way a lot of times, but it's never clear. And I always feel like it's like a thing floating around. You're like, somebody takes your shoes off, and then you're like, do I? And then you realize it's like you and that other person, and like everybody else has their shoes on, and then you feel like really weird, like you're in a dream where you forgot your clothes. <laughs> you, and like You get there, and the person's not wearing their shoes already, but they live there, so maybe they yeah. just didn't have shoes on. Yeah. <laughs> you get confused. You just take your shirt off on accident. You're like, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to offend you. And there's clothes hanging up on hooks. It's very confusing. No, in Chicago, uh, it's the city. So no one wears their shoes inside. Like, I mean, you wear your shoes at work, but like, oh, you get to someone's house and you've been at the at best, you've got city on your shoes. At worst, ah, I got you. you know, at worst, you've got snow, snow to deal with city. and salt and like grime or whatever. So no one, like, the moment you walk in anyone's door, shoes are off, and it's very clear in our house because there's a zillion pairs of shoes outside our door. Um, so it's pretty obvious. Um, so yeah, your the solution there is just move to someplace dirtier. Um, but growing up, we didn't have that. So like, there's one of your, you know, there's a tradition that we we should we should establish. We you know, there are countries in which this is a a lot more well established. There's countries where you wear uh, special shoes in the bathroom. We don't have that. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, that's like a um, Southeast Asian thing. The bathroom's like a slightly. It's also on a different floor. It's like a few inches lower than the rest of the house. And you wear special sandals in there? You should read about that. Um, it's a cleanliness hmm. thing, like a okay. tradition thing. Hey, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I like a house where you know you don't have to. It's like welcome. Do whatever it is that you do at your house that makes you feel the most comfortable. Uh, if that includes taking your shoes off, go for it. I feel like you're. I'm. You're going to have to. Um, in order to sort of keep the, that spectrum of behavior sort of under control, you're going to have to enlist some sort of research, some outside of your house research, sort of like, uh, you know, whitelisting of people who come to your house, which I'm not. I mean, I can't just to. let anybody in saying do whatever. I'm, I'm saying you can. You're saying they might have some weird home rituals. I'm saying that I don't want, I want to yes and your. I want to encourage you in this this goal that you have of letting everyone do whatever they want inside your house. 
But I think that you... Well, I think we've taken it a little far there. <laughs> I mean, you say you have a sign-up that says you're, you're welcome at, doesn't say hello. It says do whatever. Um, you, you're you going to need to, it, in lieu of establishing your own home guidelines, you're going to have to do a little bit more research into the people that are, are let in in the first place. Or you just, you know, you don't. And you sort of uh, work your way backwards from whatever thing happens. I'm like super, house. super chill. I'm just yeah. welcoming everyone. Just like a and bunch then of I hear, I hear, yeah. <laughs> I hear this awful scra- uh, squishing on my floor. I'm like, get out of my house. You got spoiled Tupperware all over your dadgum shoes. <laughs> yeah. The, uh... Are you trying to end the podcast? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that you could play off of that. Oh, I could? And... Oh, okay. You, you lost me. I was thinking, like, I'm still going to end it there. <laughs> <laughs>